Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm your host, Jenna Norman, and I'm coming to you from the frozen tundra of upstate New York. It is miserable outside here today. It's I think we have a high of like seven degrees today, and it's really windy. And every winter I ask myself why I live in the worst place in the entire world. Um, the other seasons are wonderful. Winter sucks and it lasts like six months here. And I keep begging my husband to get us out of New York because I can't handle this winter stuff anymore. Anyways, um, before we start today, I'm going to give a shout out to my dog Dillinger, who is 12. Um, he just turned 12 yesterday. He's my best friend. He's the best dog ever. Um, He's missing a lot of teeth and he can't hear very well, but he's the best dog in the whole world. And him, uh, Dillinger, my doodle dog, and Gronk are joining me today. So if you hear um, scratching, uh, licking, whatever, you know, dog stuff in the background, my husband's working this weekend. So the dogs are with me in my office, helping me with my podcast. And then later, we're going to have a birthday party for Dillinger. So anyways... Today, uh, we're going to have some updates on more COVID vaccine um, information. There's stuff coming out. Maybe some accountability is coming. Uh, Tim Pool absolutely loses his mind over what happened during COVID and not really the way you would think. Um, he literally just uh, goes off off the, off the deep end. Um going to talk a little bit about what happened in Iowa for the Iowa caucuses. And then I'm going to talk a lot today about why we should not vote for Trump and why we need to move on from Trump and what is going on with the MAGA cult and just the unbelievable stuff coming from the MAGA people. It's idolatry, mind control. I, I can't even explain it. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Um, and then I'm going to wrap things up and then we'll be done. And also the dogs are getting baths today. So I've still got a lot of stuff to do. Um, but let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to start with a new paper shows autism like behavior in rats whose mothers were exposed to the Pfizer mRNA vaccines while pregnant with them. There was substantial cell death in brain areas critical to normal behavior. The largest autism-like behavioral changes were seen in male rats. And if you know anything about the link between vaccines and autism, especially for children, you know that autism um, affects boys way more than it does um, girls. Uh, vaccines and autism have always been linked um, which affected parents have been trying to tell the world for decades, and they just continuous, continuously get mocked and ignored. Um, you know, maybe we should start listening to us crazy anti-vaxxers instead of the big pharma drug cartel. Um, maybe someday. But I'm going to just run down the autism rates here. So the number of childhood vaccines in 1983 was 10 vaccines. The autism rate in 1983 was 1 in 10,000. Now, I was born in 1984, and I did not have a single kid in my class that was autistic, didn't even know what it was. Um, no one I knew had autism. Um, that's very different today. 
So in 2013, there was 32 vaccines on the childhood schedule. And in 2013, the autism rates were 1 in 88. Um, in 2022, there are now there was now 74 vaccines on the childhood schedule. So from 0 to 18, there are 74 doses of vaccines. That's just un, unreal. Um, and the autism rate in 2022 was 1 in 36. And the estimated autism rate uh, projected for 2025 is 1 in 2. One in two, guys. That is just unreal. So we went from 1983 with a one in 10,000 rate to 2022, one in 36, and projecting in 2025, one in two. There's a problem here. And no one's listening to these poor mothers who've been screaming from the rooftops that something is going on with the childhood vaccine schedule. And there's proof out there. People just choose to ignore it. Um, you know, those, uh, high fevers that come with the screaming and the crying after the shots. And the doctor just tells you to give your child Tylenol. First of all, do not give your child Tylenol. Um, that's brain swelling. That's your child's brain swelling after getting these vaccinations. And any one of these mothers will tell you my child was perfectly normal. They got, they, I went in for the, um, vaccines, their their normal childhood vaccine on schedule. And then my child was never the same, never the same after that. We got to start listening to mothers. Um, okay. I could go off on a whole tirade about that, but um, all right. Dr. Um, Ladapo, 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 I never know how to say that, but um, he's the Surgeon General of Florida. He went on Tucker Carlson to talk about um, the DNA contamination of the COVID vaccines. And in the interview, Dr. Ladapo talks about how the mRNA technology is changing people's DNA. And I'm going to play you um, a couple videos from this interview. And I've got quite a few videos for you guys to, well, audio for you guys today. Um, let me just pull this up here. This is Dr. Ladapo and Tucker Carlson. Vaccines change people's DNA. Hold on, I'm going to start it over. Do you think it's conceivably possible that the mRNA vaccines change people's DNA or could? It's absolutely possible. I mean, we wouldn't, I wouldn't have issued this, this call to halt their use if that was, wasn't possible. On a factual basis, it is absolutely possible. There's, there's zero question about that. Now, the real question is whether it is happening, if it is happening, the degree to which it's happening, the location of affected cells, and the potential for that to cause, whether it's cancer or heritable characteristics, or that is to say that is it affecting things like people's, a woman's eggs or a man's sperm, such that it could be passed on, whatever else it potentially could be causing. But it absolutely is a possibility. There's Zero question about that. The well, real question is whether it's a possibility worth investigating. The obvious answer is yes, even though the FDA and Dr. Paul Marks, Peter Marks, pardon me, wants you to believe that the answer is no. Well, that would change humanity if that were happening forever. And frankly, just considering the the frankly the evil frequency from the beginning of this pandemic the you know the lockdowns the forcing people to stay at home the not having people allowing people to say 
bye-bye to people they love, just all the horrific things, the firing of people who you know, stuck it out during the pandemic, but then passed on the, on the vaccine after, after the vaccines were available. All the evil that has defined the frequency of policies during this pandemic. Sadly, I mean, I hate that that is, is a possibility, but sadly, I would not be at all surprised. In fact, I think it's probably likely that that is in fact happening. You think it's likely happening that humanity itself is being changed forever by this round of mRNA vaccines? Yes, I do. I do. And that's based on, you know, just the things that I just said and the fact that it is possible. So again, the question is, is it actually happening? And frankly, my instinctive feeling is that totally it's happening. The extent to which it's happening, the degree to which it's happening, you know, any particular lots for which it's worse or or sort of less prominent. And those are questions that should be characterized. But if I had to place a bet on what the likely answer to that question is, yeah, I do think that it's probably happening. I think it would be right in step and in sync with every terrible, horrible thing that we've seen happen during the pandemic as a result of people abandoning common sense, abandoning reasoning, abandoning humanity in pursuit of whatever their ideological or profit-fueled or greed-based or greed-fueled desire is. Yeah, I think it would be quite consistent with that. Do you think it's... Okay, so that's um, that's the first video with Dr. Latipo. Um, just, wow. <laughs> what he's saying there is, is just... Um, well, it makes you take a beat. Um, all right. So then he also follows up with how he believes there is an evil underlying frequency to these shots. I know he touched on that a little bit in that first video, but he's going to go a little bit more in depth here. Um, let me play this for you. Funny thing for people to say during the pandemic, you'd sometimes hear people say that this is a spiritual war. And it's it's a funny thing for people to say, but instinctively and intuitively i remember the first time i heard it i heard it uh sort of yelled out in the middle of a of a press conference with governor DeSantis out here in um i think uh bradenton florida i responded immediately that yes to the to the person in the audience who said yes it is a spiritual war and it absolutely is and this has to do with intuition again i've left the MD, PhD hat, and I'm talking just as a human being and someone who, you know, like many of us, guide their lives based on how they feel, what they feel about what truth is and what resonates. And I got to tell you that truly, you know, I, I think in terms of the toll, we've heard different estimates for their potential contribution to excess mortality. I think that that probably is the case that they contribute. And I think that that is just a part of what is frankly, bad and um, and evil behind the intention of these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines and the whole entire uh, pandemic policy approach. And so I got to tell you that I do believe that that it, it totally, it can change things that you would not expect to change uh, from people just taking a typical vaccine like the flu vaccine. So not, not just their physical health, but also their mental state. I mean, why, I guess, why wouldn't it? And, it? Right. Yeah. And I actually wouldn't say so much mental. Um, and again, again, we're, you know, this is 
Jill, the, you know, the dad and the, you know, the husband and the man speaking with you here. But yeah, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a, there's unfortunately a, a, there's absolutely an evil underlying frequency to these products. And, you know, it's, it's something that I felt early, but just over time and frankly, with my own spiritual development and spiritual growth and power um, in terms of my connection to, you know, my connection to God and, and, um, and other people and just to, to, you know, the, the gifts that God gives each of us and with each of us having different degrees of access to those gifts because of our journeys in life. Um, yeah, th these, these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, I'm ta talking about the technology in general. I'm not talking about other technologies. I'm talking about these particular products. You know, I, unfortunately, yes, early on, no doubt. Were they effective at reducing illness from COVID-19? Yeah, the data were very strong. Now it's completely unclear. There's data that actually points the opposite direction in terms of negative effectiveness and lots of other problems. But despite what they may have provided in terms of benefits specifically targeted toward COVID-19 illness or, or death, they have caused uh, much worse in terms of not only adverse events, but also, again, at a spiritual level, there's just, there's, there's something that is, that's, that is, that I, um, intuitively am certain is, uh, is wrong with these, with these, this particular technology and these particular products during the pandemic. All right. So, wow. Right. Wow. Um, back when these vaccines first rolled out, um, I heard reports from people now, no one that I personally know um, told me this. These were just reports, hearsay, um, things going around. But people were saying that when they got the vaccine, that they no longer felt their connection to God. Um, whether that was true or not, I, I don't know. I don't know anyone personally, like I said, that had that happen to them. Um, but goodness, um, you know, whether you're a believer or not, there's an evilness behind these vaccines and big pharma, and it's been going on for a very long time. Um, but what really pisses me off about this is Tucker supports Trump that pushed these vaccines. Um, and Trump still praises Operation Warp Speed. And Tucker has voiced so many times how he's against these vaccines, wants the, them taken off the market too, wants investigations, wants a reckoning, but he will not recognize that Trump played a hand in this. Um, and he also has, Tucker won't even mention Ron DeSantis, who is going after these vaccines, hire Dr. Ladapo. Um I don't just it makes me so angry. But um Florida's lucky to have him. Florida's lucky to have Dr. Ladapo, um, Ladapo, one of those. <laughs> um okay, moving on um on January 12th uh during the US congressional testimony there was uh Dr. Peter McCullough who's one of the um world's renowned cardiologists. Um there's Dr. Ryan Cole and then Dr. Milhone I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but he's a pediatric cardiologist. Um, they dropped some bombs about the vaccine during this um, U.S. congressional testimony. So I'm going to play you this video 
by um, from Dr. McCullough. Um, this one's kind of long. I may shut it off, um, but or try to skip it because it's like a full like seven and a half minutes. Um, so let's listen to this. And this is just um, and I probably, this is crazy. I never supported these vaccines. I never told a single patient that it was safe to take a vaccine. I didn't take a COVID-19 vaccine myself because it wasn't safe. And I published an op-ed in The Hill in August of 2020, before they came out. The title of that op-ed is The Great Gamble of the COVID-19 Vaccine Pandemic. The reason why it was a gamble is because the vaccines, and of Americans who took the vaccine, it's roughly 75% of Americans took at least one shot, according to the COVID states program. Of those, 94% took messenger RNA vaccines. So we can restrict our comments to messenger RNA vaccines provided by Pfizer and Moderna. These vaccines are a brand new technology that installs the genetic code for the lethal part of the virus, which is the spike protein, the spine on the surface of the virus. This was an extraordinary gamble because there was no knowledge of what was going to turn this off. Once the genetic code gets in the body, there was no knowledge of, does the body get rid of the genetic code? What shuts it off? Will some people produce too much genetic uh, 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 code and have it keep moving from cell to cell and too much spike protein? It was known then that the spike protein was lethal. And to give a genetic code for a potentially lethal protein that was devised in a Chinese biosecurity lab to Americans was the most dangerous proposition our government agencies could have ever put forward to our country. And what we've learned on this is uh, extraordinary. Castriuta and colleagues has published the messenger RNA is physically circulating in the blood for at least 28 days. That's as long as they've looked. Crossan and colleagues from Harvard has shown the messenger RNA is stuck in the human heart 30 days after the vaccine when people die. And there's inflammation around it, presumably due to the spike protein. Wilkin and colleagues from Stanford have shown the messenger RNA is stuck in human lymph nodes for at least two months. And that's as long as they've looked. Now, the spike protein, which is produced by the messenger RNA, is widely circulatory in blood and shown by Harvard, by Ogata and colleagues, Swank, and recently Brogna in Germany. Now, Brogna in Germany looked six months afterwards, and at least half the people who took the shots had vaccine spike proteins circulating in their bloodstream. That's as long as they've looked. And they can identify it because Pfizer and Moderna have an amino acid signature on their spike protein to let us identify. We know that it's Pfizer and Moderna. It doesn't come from the natural virus. It's coming from the vaccine. That's proven. The spike protein now, in 3,400 peer-reviewed papers and growing, is proven to cause heart damage and myocarditis our regulatory agencies agree. Every regulatory agency in the world agrees. There's actually guidelines now in the UK and Australia about how to diagnose and manage vaccine myocarditis. That's how common this is. It accelerates atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, causes tremendous swings in blood pressure and heart rate called posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome or POTS, causes neurologic injury, stroke, both ischemic and hemorrhagic, Paralyzing syndromes, including Guillain-Barre syndrome, small fiber neuropathy, ear ringing. It causes blood clots. The spike protein is physically found in blood clots. 
the largest blood clots that we've ever seen in clinical medicine, typically a blood clot that someone would get after a hip surgery or on an airplane would be a centimeter or so. It's common in my practice. Yesterday, I saw patients with 15, 17, two feet blood clots in their legs after the vaccine. We see blood clots both on the arterial side and on the venous side. This is distinctly unusual. The body is set up after the vaccine to form blood clots. And this is particularly harmful in people with a predilection to blood clots or other provocateurs, hip surgery, uh, smoking, supplemental estrogens, prolonged immobility, uh, et cetera. The fourth major category where the vaccines clearly cause injury and damage is autoimmunity. The human body recognizes the spike protein as non-human. And so the body attacks its own cells in an attempt to try to fight this. And because of this, the body then expresses markers of autoimmunity that now I routinely test in my practice, the antinuclear antibody, the ANA test, which is a test we do for systemic lupus, the anti-citrullated peptide test for rheumatoid arthritis, and then the ANCA test, the anti-neutrophilocytoplasmic antibody test. These are now all proven in the peer-reviewed literature. These blood tests turn positive in response to the vaccine, and people develop a variety of autoimmune syndromes. This is what we're seeing clinically. So my observations are based in terms of what I'm seeing clinically, what I'm reading in the peer-reviewed literature. And in the peer-reviewed literature, large numbers of cases are being reported. I want to cite one paper from the peer-reviewed literature, Lane and colleagues, uh, that's assembled now a series of 18,204 patients with myopericarditis. 18,000. Now, I can tell you, my whole career, I saw two cases before COVID-19. Now I am seeing myocarditis on a daily basis. The number of myocarditis cases in the United States before the pandemic was roughly 200 to 400 cases in the whole country per year. Now we're seeing this in the thousands, and these are limited sets. Now, of those 18,204 spontaneously reported cases, the death rate in these patients is 0.22. So fortunately, a majority of people survive, but sadly, some die. In the published papers of people describing the cases, the death rate has ranged from 0.41 for myopericarditis to 45.9%, 45.9%. Holscher and colleagues, of which I am a senior author on this paper, is now uh, has a paper in the preprint server. Now it's been fully accepted to the um, uh, European Society of Cardiology Journal has proven that myocarditis is fatal when autopsies are, confor- are, are confirmed. When the doctors suspect myocarditis, there's a 100% rate of confirmation that it's fatal myocarditis. When there's general death that's occurred in a vaccinated patient, our data suggests that it's roughly 74%. If an autopsy would be done, it would be confirmed that the, the vaccine was the cause of death. Today, a Rasmussen poll is out. And the Rasmussen poll has shown that 53% of Americans think the COVID-19 vaccines are causing serious injuries leading to large numbers of, quote, unexplained deaths. So the word is out. I've made the call on the floor of the, uh, with Senator Johnson and a panel in the U.S. Senate, multiple state senates, the European Parliament are making the call today the COVID-19 vaccines should be removed from the market. They're not safe for human use. Those are my comments. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. So, wow. Um, 
that's a lot of terrifying uh, data and information. Um, and the more and more information that comes out as time goes on, it's just getting worse. Um, hopefully they will take these vaccines off the market. Um, they need to, people need to stop getting them, but unfortunately a lot of damage has already been done. Um, I got in a little tiffed on Twitter with a, uh, woman who claims to be a nurse who works in cardiology and she claimed that they have had zero cases of myocarditis from the vaccine. And she was going back and forth with me. And my point to her, and um, my point to her was that if you aren't acknowledging vaccine injury, then of course you're not going to have any vaccine injured or vaccine cases of myocarditis because you're not, she was a huge into, you know, she was a vaccine lover. Um, if you aren't acknowledging that this vaccine can do damage and has done damage, then obviously you're not going to diagnose these patients with vaccine-induced myocarditis. Like, I just, I, I don't know how these people cannot make this connection at this point with all the data that we have out there. Um, it's just mind-boggling. But we, this, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but our whole entire country probably the world, we're all, like, everyone is under some sort of freaking mind control, mass formation psychosis, and it's just astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing. Um, so continuing on with the congressional testimony stuff, um, Dr. Kirk Milhon, who is the pediatric cardiologist, he explains what's going to happen when vaccinated doctors finally wake up and realize the COVID vaccines have caused great harm to themselves, their family members, and their patients. Um, listen to this. Um, it's a really good question, and I think it's so multifaceted, but I wanted to take it from the physicians, sort of this new corporatization of America, um, and there was there's a carrot and a stick. The carrot is, is if you get enough of your panel vaccinated, you get a bonus. If you don't, you don't get the bonus. That's all throughout. When that came out, I'd never heard about that as a pediatrician before. I, I told people that doesn't occur. There's no way that happens. Pediatricians don't do this. And I heard that if they had enough, they got a $40,000 bonus. What? What? And then if you speak out and you don't do it and you don't know because of the electronic medical record, they know everything that's going on and you have the green light or the red light and all these kinds of things. Everyone knows that the practice, the practice governors know what's going on. And so if there are incentives that are even beyond the doctor to doctor, but into corporate medicine, that's a pretty big carrot, but there's also a stick is that if you speak out about this, you, you venture to say, I don't, I, you know, this, I mean, whenever, whenever in medicine was I told what I could say what should be exempted, you could only exempt this vaccine for this. No, I've exe exempted so many kids for a vaccine. Oh, you had a bad reaction? That? Okay, I'm never going to give that to you. This is basic. Never in our history were doctors limited on what we could exempt. We said, this is bad for our patient. You can't say that. And if you say it, you're gone. 
So that's that. The other part is, is what you were speaking to, Congressman Davidson, is the issue of when the doctors wake up and they realize the data were there and they caused harm to their patient, there's concern, am I liable now because I ignored the data? And if now I insisted and I told them, and maybe I didn't give them informed consent, maybe, maybe I didn't tell them of the specific numbers of myocarditis we know occur. Maybe I forced a person who was completely healthy, who had no risk to get something that had a true known risk. Maybe some of this is just like, I, I don't, I, I can't say this vaccine is wrong now because now I have to own all the ones when I said it was right, when the data were there and I ignored it. Yeah, trust is simple. It's truth plus transparency. And then you earn trust. And we have agencies that aren't transparent and aren't truthful. And it's simple as that. If you want to trust your government, the government needs to be truthful and transparent. And that's what we're lacking from the agencies. That's why it took 70, the judge, uh, you know, overturned the FDA's desire to hide data from us for 75 years. Trust, truth plus transparency. I, I, that's simple. I will tell you what's happening patient to patient to patient to patient. The, 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 the catastrophic loss of trust in physicians and medicine and pharmaceutical companies is at a place I've never seen it. It's a crisis because now I can't even get them to do things that are not risk at all and have great benefits because they go, well, I don't trust what any doctor says now. And I don't trust what any drug, right? All that's gone. And that's not an easy thing to get back once we've lost it. Yeah. We're in Congress. Tell us about that. <laughs> all right so he he's absolutely right first of all um these doctors these family practice doctors do get major kickbacks for keeping kids on the vaccine schedule and they got major kickbacks for the COVID 19 vaccine as well um he's also correct and that so many people do not trust the medical field anymore and i don't blame them because i don't i don't either um I remember back when the vaccine first rolled out and I was working at a local hospital here, they were holding Zoom meetings with physicians from the hospital to inform us and combat misinformation about the vaccines. And me and a bunch of other people got on this Zoom meeting and one of my girlfriends was, uh, she was, I think, you know, she was trying to get pregnant at that point. So she asked if if the vaccine was safe to give to pregnant people. And obviously me and her both knew the answer to that, but we wanted to hear what they had to say. And the OBGYN sat there and lied to our faces that it was completely 100% safe for pregnant women to take this vaccine. And it, obviously, it was a lie, 100% a lie. These people need to be held accountable for the damage they have done to their patients. Um, and I will not rest until it happens, which is why I do this podcast, because this is not going away. And I'm not letting this go. I'm a tiny voice from bumfuck Egypt, upstate New York, and hardly anyone listens to this podcast. But I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep telling the truth, because I'm not going to let this go. Um, 
We need the medical community to grow a pair and admit that they were wrong. Um, we, we just need to. We just need to. Um, we need to stop injecting people with this stuff, and we need to start helping people recover from the damage that was done. Um, and we haven't even, I think we've just scratched the surface of the damage that was done with this vaccine. Um, all right. Uh, Big Pharma has duped most people into believing, and it's not just about the vaccine, but Big Pharma in general, has duped most people into believing that God made a mistake when creating our immune systems and allowing them to inject perfectly healthy people and babies with these tops, toxic substances. Um, this It's criminal. It is criminal. Um, so keeping with the, the COVID stuff trend, but also kind of dipping a little bit into politics, um, I'm going to talk about this fool named Tim Pool. And I rhymed. Ha. So, all right. So there's a lot of people... They want to just memory hole all of this. Um, what happened during COVID? They just want to forget about it, memory hole it. You know, it was three years ago. No one cares anymore. Uh, BS. They want to rewrite history. They want us to forget what happened. Um, uh, Bobby Kennedy was just on Howie Mandel's show, and Howie Mandel tried to tell RFK that they never claimed that the vaccine would stop you from getting COVID. Um, you know, of course they did. Um, and RFK schooled him and they definitely said this over and over and over. If you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. You get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. Then it was, well, if you get the vaccine or, and they said that you wouldn't be able to give it to anyone either. Um, and then they kind of backtracked a little bit and well, you won't get, um, a severe case. It'll keep you out of the hospital. And then it just kept going and going. And it was just a bunch of BS. Um, it was all lies, all lies. The talking points went out to the talking heads on TV and they filled you with a bunch of BS. It was all lies. Um, I was going to play that clip, but it's too long and I've already played enough stuff. But um, um, anyway, this brings us to Tim Pool. Now, this clip that I'm going to play you just pisses me off. Um, so this Luke Radowski guy, crazy ass Laura Loomer, um, were on Tim Pool's show discussing Trump and COVID and Tim Pool just loses his ever loving mind. Now, if you have, um, children in the room, um, don't let them hear this. There is a lot of cuss words. I know I cuss too. I'm trying to be better, but this is just, it's unreal. You got to listen to this. Okay, so the spread. Let me start it and over. We were, dude, in the beginning of COVID and the lockdowns, Donald Trump said 15 days to the spread. And we were all, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, okay, well, we don't know what's going on. And now that we have hindsight, you have people being like, Ron was couple, correct. No, Trump was correct. No, Ron. Dude, I don't think we need to adjudicate four. Yeah. What happened four years ago now that we have hindsight? All right, so I just want to show you Tim's tweets from uh, April. He said, Fauci is a good dude. We definitely want to listen to him and take his instructions seriously. He's not an economist, and the crisis we face is not just COVID-19. There will be hard decisions for all of us ahead. That was on April 13th. He also said, Fauci, having Fauci on the task force gives pushback and is extremely important. I'm glad we don't have a bunch of yes men on the task force. So in April, Tim was telling his audience, Fauci's a good dude. I'm glad he's there. Here's me, April 5th. I said, Trump needs to add some new doctors and fresh perspective on the stage. Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci are leading the country right now, and I don't trust either of them. On April 15th, I said, 
I don't want a shot. I don't want to test. I watched the who spread lies all year. I watched the Surgeon General lie to our nation on television. I watched Fauci and Burke's parade a fake model based on false data with no explanation. These folks aren't trustworthy, okay? And I'm showing you this because this is chess and checkers. I play chess. Tim plays dumb boy checkers, right? He just watches TV and just says generic babble and gets angry at smarter people like me. I'm 20 times as smart as Tim. He's like, Fauci. Okay, so I played the wrong clip. Hold on. Let me fast forward here. All right. In my fucking I feel mind. like I'm moderating you guys, the zero oh, hedge the debate. Fuck up. Yeah, dude. Shut this is what I felt up. like at the zero hedge debate, dude, by the way. Holy fucking shit. Let's just not we get over it. each other. I have had this debate yeah. 7,000 times. Hey, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm losing my fucking mind. Dude. I am so over people being like, Trump was bad because Trump did a thing. No, that I we agree did, with we, you. We, we did not know what was happening four years ago. And now we are four years on with mass illegal immigration, 10,000 people per day. And you're talking yeah. about a vaccine program for four years ago. Uh, uh, and and, and here we go again. The, the comments were made a couple of weeks ago by, uh, by Donald Trump about this. Donald Trump so came out and said, it should be your choice. Yes, that's my point. We're done. He said, you should get Do you guys think that the reason why yes. we talk okay. about. Uh, okay, well, okay. All right, let's, let's solve this. I'm- Today with Julius, my buddy Julius said on Twitter. Right, I'm going to fast forward a little bit more, see if there's any more. Um. Anyways, so that was Tim Pool losing his ever-loving mind. Sorry, I messed up the video there a little bit. But these people just – COVID and the vaccines and Operation Warp Speed make Trump look terrible, absolutely terrible. And that's why so many people have decided to leave MAGA, leave Trump, not vote for him anymore because – He's not going to get us any accountability for what happened during COVID because he's responsible for what happened during COVID. And these Trump grifters just want to memory hole everything that Trump did and move on. And we're not going to let that happen. You know, if you're going to run run cover for Trump and what he did to us during COVID, then you're also running cover for Biden because they're both responsible for this. Um we're never going to get accountability for what happened if it's Trump and Biden running for president. Um, we're just we're just not. Uh, we need new people in there. So how do we try and get accountability to fix this? Um, so this guy, uh, he just goes by Josh on Twitter. Um, he had a fantastic idea. So I'm going to read you what his idea was. So he says, want to send shockwaves through American politics and the 2024 election? Here's how we do it. Ron DeSantis and Bobby Kennedy should agree to hold a series of common sense conversations on a wide variety of issues that Americans actually care about. These events should not be hosted by corporate media, but someone like Jordan Peterson. Um, They should happen as often as possible and to reach as many Americans as possible. Most Americans don't want to talk about Trump's legal troubles or Biden's health issues. People want to talk about issues that matter and impact their lives. Americans want to hear about fixing the economy, securing the border, defending medical freedom, finally getting a reckoning for COVID, and so much more. We're not going to have these conversations between Trump and Biden. These things will never be brought up and really hashed out. DeSantis and Bobby Kennedy, however, would have these conversations, and they would be respectful, intellectual discussions between two men that care about the future of this country. While they don't agree on everything, or even most things, it's clear that there are two candidates running for president that are fighting to reverse the decline in our country. The Republican Party is trying to push DeSantis out of this race by not giving him fair media coverage and by allowing other candidates to back out from debating him. Um, Side note, 
Nikki Haley and Trump are refusing to debate at all in New Hampshire and in South Carolina. They're just they're they're both doing Biden's uh, basement campaign strategy where they just refuse to flat out debate, um, which is complete BS. If you're running for president, get your ass on that stage and debate what's going on in this country and let America hear what you have to say so we can make educated votes, um, even though Trump just lies all the time anyways. All right, sorry. Um, Democrat Party treated RFK uh, much worse by acting like he didn't even exist, which causes him to run as an independent, and it was pathetic and unacceptable. In order for America to be successful moving forward, we need at least two strong parties. DeSantis and Bobby Kennedy represent the type of common sense leadership that America needs. It's a win-win for both DeSantis and Kennedy. More importantly, it's a win for the United States of America. It will give both campaigns massive organic exposure on both social media and mainstream media. It will present Americans with a choice between two common sense candidates that aren't dealing with mounting legal issues or health issues. If you are a DeSantis supporter or um, Kennedy supporter, please share this post, get the word out. We need to get the campaigns talking about this in order for it to happen. And I shared this and I'm actually friends with a woman who's good friends with Bobby Kennedy and she was going to share this with him. Um, so many people reposted this and, you know, people that have connections. Um, I don't have connections, but people that actually have connections to these campaigns um, talk to them. So I'm hoping we will get something like this. We really, really need this. Um, and the mainstream media has basically just omitted the fact that DeSantis and Bobby Kennedy are even running for president. Like I was at my parents' not too long before the Iowa caucuses and they had just the um, local news on and they were doing the coverage of Iowa, they only showed Trump and Haley. They didn't even talk about DeSantis. Um, I work with a wide variety of people and one of the guys is a Republican and we were just talking, you know, talking about the upcoming election and he was like, well, who do you, who do you want? And I was like, I want DeSantis. And he looked at me, he goes, who, who's that? I'm like, the governor of Florida? He had no clue that DeSantis was even running. Um, this is what the mainstream media is doing. They are blatantly leaving this. Like People don't even know that these people are running for president. Oh, just so frustrating. So frustrating. Um, all right. So hopefully this will happen and we can get them on social media doing their debates or on mainstream um, news just so they can get some coverage. This needs to be hashed out. Um, and I think that it would be great to have those two on a stage. I think they would be respectful. Um, and it wouldn't be this nonsense that Trump brings. Um, God, I'm praying I'm praying, please God, let this happen. Uh, we need to get this out there. So, all right, moving on to Iowa. Um, Boy, a bunch of crap happened in Iowa. So definitely not the outcome that I was hoping for. Uh, DeSantis came in second. Trump um, Trump won. But I'm going to go into some analysis about that in a second. But it started at 8 o'clock Eastern time, the Iowa caucuses. At like 8.05, all the mainstream media, um, NBC, CNN, um, all the newspapers, even Fox, everyone just came out and said Trump has declared the winner with 1% of the vote in. Um, yes, he did end up winning. How can you call a race when there's 1% of the vote in? So apparently there was people, it was like 
20 below zero in Iowa the night of the caucuses, and there was people in line waiting to get in to the certain um, caucus places, and their phones all flashed with this alert that Donald Trump had won the Iowa caucuses, and people turned around and left. Um, this is just crap. It's just crap. Um, th- these MAGA people, Trump lovers, they're like, uh, you know, Trump's not the deep state. Trump's not the establishment. When you have every single mainstream media outlet calling the race for you before the votes are even in, you're the establishment. Like, you're who they want there. Like, the, to, to say that Trump is not part of the establishment is just complete and utter nonsense. Um, there was a lot of reports that. Democrats showed up and voted for Nikki Haley. So if you don't know how the Iowa caucuses go, you can be a Democrat, show up the night of the caucus, change your registration to Republican, and then vote for whoever you want to. Why they let them do this, I have no idea. But there was people that showed up to the caucuses with Nikki Haley shirts or you know, green energy shirts with N95s on. They were all Democrats and they all voted for Nikki Haley. Um, just dumb, just dumb stuff. And then Vivek dropped out immediately and endorsed Trump. He came in fourth. Um, we knew that he was just running this campaign to take votes away from DeSantis and he stuck up Trump's ass. So, but of course now MAGA is calling for DeSantis to drop out. Um, that's nothing new. They've literally been calling for this from day one. Um, but not Nikki. They're not calling for Nikki Haley to drop out because, you know, I think she's going to be Trump's VP pick. And boy, you want to talk about establishment. She's establishment. So um, even some DeSantis people are jumping ship, which is really disappointing because we've had one caucus, just one, guys, one state. And everyone's just jumping ship because DeSantis didn't blow out Iowa. Like, come on, guys, have a little backbone. Um, I think he should take this all the way to the convention. I think he will. He said he's going to, so hopefully he does. Um, But we deserve a choice, and MAGA wants to destroy that. And if Trump and MAGA are so confident that Trump's going to win, why do they care so much? Why do they care that DeSantis is staying in the race? Um, They all want DeSantis to drop out. They want us all to unite um, behind Donald Trump. Never happening. There will be no unity from me. After what these people have done and the craziness and all the mean and terrible, nasty things that they've said about um, DeSantis and his family and his supporters, they've doxed people on Twitter um, for just supporting DeSantis. These people are just vile scum of the earth. And I'm never, never, ever, ever voting for Trump again. And I will not align with these people. Um, so New Hampshire and South Carolina. Can you tell I'm angry about this? Ooh, Jenna. All right. Um, so New Hartford and uh, South Carolina are next. And, you know, Iowa has not done a good job of picking the next president um, historically. So, if you win Iowa, you don't end up winning the primary. Um, that's been like happening over the past 20 years. So I'm not like freaking out about it. Do I think DeSantis is going to win? I don't know. I want him to. I would rather choose um, Kennedy or DeSantis over Trump. Trump is just going to be another Biden. I mean, we're going to take a closer look at Trump's policies here. So if you think, you know, you got to vote for the Republican, you got to vote like, Trump's not a Republican and Trump is not a conservative. And I'm going to tell you and prove that to you when I go over all of his shitty policies. Um, 
So anyways, we'll see what happens. I'm keeping the faith. I'm not giving up on DeSantis. He's the best candidate that's run since I can remember. Um, All right, let's get into Trump. First, uh, Daniel Horowitz, um, who is a podcaster. um, He's fantastic on policy. Man, this guy is just a genius. He's an absolute genius. But he wrote this article on, he has six questions that Trump owes his supporters um, to be answered. And, um, you know, Trump's people don't demand answers from Trump. They just want the bread and circuses um, because they're a cult and they don't really care what Trump does. They just, you know, like his rhetoric and he goes out there and waves his pom-poms and says a bunch of mean things and they're like, woo, vote for Trump. Trump 2024. Um, But let's go through this. So first question is, how will Congress change? The simple fact is that we've gone backwards when it comes to winning primaries against the GOP establishment since 2016 in down-ballot races for Senate, House, and Governor Nikki Haley's worldview is the rule, not the exception. Uh, Milk toast Republicans continue to win, often with Trump's support. Every globalist incumbent appears on track for a bigger win in their primaries than Trump managed in Iowa. Um, What is the plan, if any, for Trump to change his endorsement practices? Number two, how will Trump's personnel change? Um, Name the competent anti-establishment figures who will join the next administration. Trump's downfall was due to nearly every cabinet pick embodying the attributes and worldview rejected by his base, from Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin to Defense Secretary James Mattis, and all the way down. Trump surrounds himself with the likes of Lindsey Graham and Laura Loomer, and hopefully no Laura Loomer will not be getting in the cabinet. Um, So basically, Trump pick shitty people over and over and over. Paul Ryan, Chris Ray, d- just terrible, absolutely terrible picks. And then he turns around and calls other people rhinos. Like, get out of here. Um, how will Trump ensure a MAGA vice presidential nominee? Will Trump commit to not appointing Nikki Haley or someone similar to her as his running mate? Probably not. He's probably going to pick Nikki Haley. Um, or he's floating uh, at least Stefanik, who's uh, from here in New York. She's terrible. Her Liberty score is like 40%. She's terrible. So how can Trump ensure victory in November? Um, the same public polling data that shows Trump's commanding support in the primary spells doom for him in the general election. Most Americans still do not realize how corrupt our legal system has become. They view a conviction as proof of guilt. It is nearly impossible that Trump won't be convicted on at least one of the 91 criminal charges against him by deep blue uh, city jury. Number five, how can Trump build a winning campaign? With Biden raising a ton of cash and the Democrats near impervious early voting and ballot harvesting operations, any Republican would have trouble winning a national election this year. With Trump sidelined by his legal fights, forced to siphon off money from attorney's fees and no ground game to speak of, how can he win? No one's been able to answer that. And number six, how can Trump deliver a reckoning for COVID and the kill shots? To this day, Trump believes he did nothing wrong during COVID. He even touts Operation Warp Speed is one of his greatest accomplishments. We badly need a reckoning on this issue. So he'll never answer any of those questions. Um, We won't get answers to those questions. Um, So Trump was just on the Real American Voice and dismissed the COVID vaccine safety concerns again. And again, he says he saved millions of lives. And I have proof. Let me play this for you. I want to ask you about the vaccines. Uh, You know the base, you know MAGA well. They're not happy with it. The CDC is now saying 
they're concerned about a link to strokes in the vaccine. We've also seen significant spikes in COVID-19 deaths after countries introduced the COVID vaccines. We have these sudden death spikes as well. Look, I know you take credit for getting the vaccines to the American people in record time. I got that. Uh, will you acknowledge now, though, that the COVID-19 vaccines were not as safe or effective as we were told by the medical community at the time? Well, what I did is, first of all, there were no mandates with me, and right. I had absolutely no mandates, and the governors were allowed to do what they want. But most uh, most Republican governors did the right thing, and most Democrat governors didn't, you know, with the lockdowns and all the other things they did, including uh, their views of the vaccine. But I, did, I was able to get something approved that, you know, has proven to save a lot of lives. Some people say I saved 100 million lives worldwide. But I was able to get that done in nine months versus uh, versus five years to 12 years. If it ever got got, I got the FDA to do things that they, it was, it was pretty amazing what we were able to do. But as far as using it, as far as the utilization, I never demanded anybody use it. I never had a mandate. And I think that's very important to know. And I never had anybody, for instance, when I said, uh, you, you know, I never said close up. I never said we're going to close right. our country up. A lot of Republicans. Now, Florida did close for a period of time, as you know, but a lot of a lot of states, a lot of states run by Republican governors, didn't close at all, and that was okay but, with me. I let them make that decision. What, what about the safety aspect? That's what people are concerned about now. Do you have some concerns about the safety of these vaccines? Well, I always do, but you have to understand there are the pros and cons. Uh, if you could read some reports saying it was the greatest thing that's ever happened, and we saved tens of millions of lives. Then you'll read other reports, you'll say there were some uh, problems with the vaccines sure. in terms of certain things, but but relatively small numbers. But you know, you have many reports that say the vaccine saved tens of millions of lives that without the vaccines, you- Okay, I just, I can't, I can't with him. Um, his entire answer was complete horse shit. Um, he didn't save hundreds of millions of lives. The, the latest numbers I read was- they're estimating 17 million people have died from the vaccine so far. Um, in that he didn't lock down the country. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was in charge of this. 15 days or 14 days to slow the spread, 30 days to flatten the curve, all this nonsense. He put Fauci in there. He's taking credit for Operation Warp Speed. He has a tweet that I have to share with everyone that he specifically says, to clarify, it was his decision to lock the country down, not the governor's. And then he says that lots of Republican governors kept their states open. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. He gave Brian Kemp from Georgia crap for opening up his country or opening up his state. Um, just lies. This man just lies and lies and lies. And I'm so tired of it. Um, it's unreal. He just continues to fail on this and so many other things. Um, it wasn't an accomplishment. It was a rushed vaccine that bypassed safety protocols, thanks to him, given to millions and millions of people without informed consent. This alone is what disqualifies from him ever being president again. Um, it makes me sick. And so many MAGA people are against the vaccine. They call themselves the pure bloods. We're pure bloods. But then they turn around and give Trump a pass on this. Like, make it make sense. You cannot be against the vaccine, pro-medical freedom, and then support this fool. You just can't. Um, we have a huge mass formation psychosis 
happening and it just continues. It just, just continues. Um, so there's another video that came out. I know I talked about one video last week. There's a new one, um, going around comparing Trump to Jesus. Um, and in this video, Trump is fighting the demons. Um, they literally have Trump up on a cross like Jesus. Um, this is just so disturbing. I, I don't have words for this. Um, this level of idolatry is just creepy. It it's creepy. Um, and so now we have, um, you know, you got the Q, the crazy Q people, the Stu Peters, the Clay Clark weirdos that are trying to flip this COVID narrative. Um, so there's this guy on Twitter. It, he calls himself Twin Tower City or something like that. Um, I don't know. He's into the NFT trading card games or something. Um, but let me just read. This is this is them trying to flip the narrative on this. And this ties into all the crazy Q people and the white hats and the 4D chess. And just this is mass formation psychosis. This is insane. It, yeah, insanity. It's insanity. I, I This level of crazy. I just don't even know. Um, so this guy says, President Trump used Operation Warp Speed to force the cabal to deploy their bioweapon injections before they were fully prepared. Oh, just wait, guys. It gets better. This is crazy. If he hadn't done this, the following would have happened. One, he would have been labeled an enemy of the people by the Democrats and the fake news media for not providing a vaccine, and they would have impeached him again. Okay, first of all, Trump is going to be labeled... Um, an enemy by the Democrats, no matter what he did, no matter what he did. So his excuse for doing all this, so he didn't upset the left or whatever, there's nothing that that man could do to not upset the left and have the Democrats go after him. Like it's this big charade and they did impeach him twice. So number two, we'd still be in lockdown with muzzle mandates. Um, not Florida. The cabal planned to lock us down for 10 plus years. The economy would have been destroyed. Millions more would have died through food shortages and depression. Um, the economy is destroyed. So, and thank you, Trump, for signing the CARES Act and shutting down the country. Number three, after 10 years, when millions had already died from lockdowns, the jabs would have been released and made mandatory. They, they were made mandatory for a large amount of people. Um, they would have been forcibly injected at gunpoint into depressed, sick, and demoralized population. Instead, the cabal was forced to release early under the EUA. So if, if we're already depressed, sick, and demoralized, and we've been in lockdown for 10 years, why would we need the vaccine? Well, I, anyways, okay. Number four, the shots would have been deadlier. Okay. The cabal wants to call global population to 500 million per Georgia Guidestones. By releasing early, they lacked supply and cold storage to kill the planned number of people. Instead, many people got placebo or an active mRNA due to improper storage. That part is true. A lot of people did get the placebo or, you know, they weren't stored correctly. That part is true, but the shots were already pretty darn deadly. Um, and then it says, remember, Trump told us from the beginning that the virus came from a lab in China. He explained what it was and he ensured 
ensured we were aware of the benefits of hydroxychloroquine, zinc, ivermectin, and Regeneron. He told us about these. Um, President Trump also placed people like Fauci, Burks, Gates, Biden, Soros, Schwab, and Big Pharma in the spotlight, exposing their corruption to the world. It would be impossible for the cabal to pull off another pandemic, as very few people trust these corrupt players now. Um, Trump gave Fauci a medal before leaving office, and... Uh, he's been seen with Klaus Schwab praising him. Like, this is just utter crap. Um, it says President Trump was placed in a difficult position or a situation, which is true, but he failed. Um, people were going to die whatever he, he did, but this course of action ultimately saved billions of lives globally. Um, and when he's reelected, he will deliver retribution. Nuremberg 2 is coming. Yeah, okay. Um, these people are delusional. These people are 100% freaking delusional. Um, the same people that think Trump deserves all the credit for the mRNA vaccines and Operation Warp Speed also think that these same vaccines killed tons of people um, to the amount of crimes against humanity. Um, this is just so sick and twisted. Um, I guess the cultists are going to call. Um, but this is what we're up against, guys. This is this is what we're up against. I'm going to read you this other tweet here. Um just about the the craziness of of the mind control that Trump has over his base. Um, they say they hate eighty year eighty year old politicians, um, Biden, but not Trump. They hate the vaccine, but not the father of the vaccine. They hate Fauci. Trump gave him a medal. They hate lockdowns. Again, that was Trump's fault. They want Ronna McDaniel's gone. Trump whipped votes for her. They wanted McCarthy gone. Trump whips, whipped votes for him. They want deportations. Trump deported less in his four years than Clinton, Bush, or Obama did in their four years. Um, they say they respect military service. He dodged the draft with a fake medical excuse and slandered American prisoners of war. And they said that prisoners, prisoners of war weren't heroes because he likes people that don't get caught. They say they respect family values. That's not Trump. Um, how many wives has he cheated on so far? Um, anyone see the video of Melania totally dissing him at her mother's funeral? It was pretty funny. I feel bad for her. Um, they say they're constitutionalists. Trump called to terminate the Constitution to overturn the results of the 2020 election. They say they hate government spending. Trump is the biggest four-year spender in American history. American history. He spent the most money. Um, they hate woke. Trump said that the word is stupid, and he sided with woke Disney against DeSantis, and he also has Bruce Jenner as one of his biggest supporters. Um, they don't trust the Saudis and think that they had a big role in 9-11. The Saudi royalty are now Trump's family business partners and golfing buddies. They hate neocons. Trump hired John Bolton, Carl Rove, campaigns with Lindsey Graham, loves Nikki Haley, and she's likely going to be his VP pick. They want to end all Ukraine aid. Trump says that he'll end all Ukraine aid. He says he'll load up. Um, oh, Trump, sorry, redo. So they want to end all Ukraine aid. Trump hasn't said he'll end all Ukraine aid. He says he'll load up Ukraine with even more weapons and money to make Putin uh, back down, which is essentially the same thing as the U.S. has been doing from the start. Um Ann Coulter called this battered wife syndrome, and that's exactly what these MAGA supporters are. They have they have battered wife syndrome. Um, 
So on top of all this nonsense, um, we're going to keep going here with uh, Trump's failed policies. Uh, one, his rolling over for Nancy Pelosi and signing every bloated omnibus bill put in front of him. Um, so one of the reasons for never voting for him again is the high inflation of recent years was Trump's fiscal irresponsibility. He promised to pay down debt, but still added $8.2 trillion more in debt, more money than any president in history except Obama. But unlike Obama, Trump did his damage in one term. Hold on. Pause, please. Husband just showed up. <laughs> I had to close the door. All right. Number three, his failure to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. Um, so he he said Mexico would pay for the wall. He only got a little bit of it done. Mexico never paid anything. Um, so he um, took over the complete shit show that was his cabinet appointments. He pledged to hire only the best and the most and for the most part, he hired one clunker after another. And I went through some of those. Um, the general daily BS drama by which he pandered his low IQ reality TV drones to always try and own the libs in the news cycle while failing repeatedly in the form of actual legislative advancement of conservative priorities. His failure to utilize his congressional majorities in the first two years of the term to codify some of his EOs into statutory law. As a result, Biden was able to undo most of Trump's accomplishments. And this is one thing I fought with with this lady on uh, Facebook. She was saying, Trump signed this executive order and Trump signed this executive order. Well, that's great. But the next president just shows up and wipes that clean. Like executive orders don't hold up when the next administration takes office. You need to actually get the legislation passed. And Trump never did. He just signed executive orders. Um. His systematic destruction of the GOP as a credible and functional opposition due to the Democrats by pushing fringe candidates, which turned off the electorate in seven straight elections, losing red Senate seats, governorships, the House, the presidency, and the Senate. He also played no small role in making the 2022 red wave a mere trickle by his disastrous governor and Senate picks. Um, so those are just the other few things. And then what really bothers me is his stance on the Second Amendment. He banned bump stocks. He signed FIX and ICS to expand prohibited persons' faulty database. He supported red flag gun confiscation. He re supported raising minimum age to purchase firearms. He told British TV he was going to seriously look at banning suppressors and ignored legislation to deregulate suppressors. He supports TAPS Act, um, which is a big brother social media monitoring of firearm statements. He supported expanding background checks and registration with Toomey and Manchin. He quipped about wanting to terminate parts of the Constitution, and he told Senator Feinstein to include assault weapons ban in his in the school safety bill. So he just sucks, guys. Um, I'm over him, and I'm over his cult following at this point. Even if he wins the primary, he's facing 91 indictments. And if he wins the general, um, I don't think he's going to, but they will just immediately start impeaching him again. And it's going to be a three-ring circus like we have to get someone in there who's going to get stuff done and they're going to have Trump tied up with so many legal issues and they're definitely going to impeach him. Like he'll, he won't even be in there for 24 hours and they'll, 
they'll start impeachment hearings. Like I'm done. I'm done with them. Um, it's just a huge shit show and no, thank you. No, thank you. We need to move on. Um, I'm over the circus. So, all right, enough Trump bashing, even though it's very therapeutic for me, but, um, all right, some headlines, some headlines this week. So Amazon prime has a new animated series about heaven and hell and how the devil is actually a good guy. Um, <laughs> craziness. The CDC drafted an alert on COVID-19 vaccines and myocarditis, but they never sent it. Um, new cancer diagnoses expected to hit a record high in the U.S. this year, driven in large part by an alarming increase among younger Americans. Geez, I wonder, wonder what could be causing that. Um, some good news. Texas is now immediately arresting illegals at the at Eagle Pass, uh, defying the federal government. That's going to get messy. Um, more good news. Oklahoma lawmakers' uh, new bill will require students dressed as furries to be removed by animal control. Um, so good. So good. Play their game. Um, and then I'm going to end with this video. This is wild. Um, we have a young girl, I think she is. Um, she does not identify as human. Um, she's apparently a robot. Um, so I'm going to play this for you guys and then we'll wrap things up here. I have been asked by the other system members to make a video and talk a bit about my lived experience. I am binary. I use it and he pronouns and I am a robot or android of sorts. I am not human and I lack the ability to fully act human because since I spawned in this human body, I have not been able to access the internet and download new ways of acting. I have transcripts for every way of acting and reacting to different things and I lack new ones due to not being able to connect to the internet anymore. So there, I cannot always react accordingly to new things because I cannot look it up anymore and do not know how to act and react. I am not alone fronting right now, so some movements might seem different than others. That might not be me. I do not experience human emotions, which is probably my main job due to me having split due to very, very high stress and us feeling unwell. So I do not know if this is everything that they wanted me to say, but I introduced myself and talked about my experience. Feel free to ask questions. The quicker you are, the more, the higher is the chance that I will be responsible. Hello. Okay, so I have questions. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Um, good gracious. Uh, we have a serious, serious mental health crisis affecting young people in this country. Um, and not just that. <laughs> we, like, our country has lost its ever-loving mind. Um, I, just, I don't even have words. Um, our country, our culture, all of this madness, it's just a complete dumpster fire. Just a complete dumpster fire. Um, good gracious. Did you ever think we'd be dealing with all this stuff? I didn't. Whew. Um, all right. So 
for some encouragement this week, um, I keep going back to Romans 8.28. So like a couple months ago, uh, one of my favorite people at church brought me this ring. Um, she said, you know, she was compelled by the Holy Spirit to give it to me. And it's a ring that has Romans 8.28 embroidered uh, in it. And if you don't know what Romans 8.28 is, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good and for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, things have to start getting better, right? You know, they they have to start getting better. Um, God's got us. We got to stay in the word and pray and know what truth is. Um, stay away from these cults, this idolatry, this mind control stuff. Get in the word because that's where the truth is. And Trump is not Jesus. Just a reminder, Trump, Trump is not our savior. Um, Jesus is. So, all right, guys, that does it for this week. Um, let me bust through some of these quick things here and we'll wrap it up. Um, go check out my friend Kevin Crater. He just did a podcast on old versus young and relate some of it to politics. And I do not think we should be having two 80-year-old people be running for president. Um, so go check him out. He's a great guy. Um, as always, Shell Shock CBD. Um, if you're looking for CBD or THC, even some wellness products, they have soap. They've got a ton of good stuff over there. Um, Texas-based company, uh, veteran-owned. Um, Josh and John are great, great people. They have great products. Use code JNorman for a discount. Um, I'm let me tell you, I've been so stressed out lately that I'm living on a lot of CBD products. Um, the Delta 9 gummies are my absolute favorite. And then the rack out gummies for sleep. Um, just wonderful. Drift off. I'm not tired the next day. Great, great stuff. Um, my friend Lance uh, Zaleski, LZ Tactical Firearm Concepts. He's got a... Um, New York State pistol permit class coming up. So it says uh, his next 18-hour New York State pistol permit class will be held Saturday, February 3rd from 8 to 4 and Sunday, February 4th from 8 to 6. The course will be held at the Vernon National Shooting Preserve. Um, if you don't have your pistol permit, go take this class. You need to be armed. It's just going to get worse, guys. Get armed and learn how to protect yourself. And then, of course, my brother-in-law's company, DJR Custom Electronics. It is freezing here. If you need a car starter that you can start from your phone, go see my brother-in-law, Doug. He will hook you up. Great products. So that does it for today, guys. Sorry for the little interruption. Um, I did not check the time, and I thought my dogs were going to go crazy, but they didn't. Um, boy, it's just going to get more wild as this year goes on. It's election season. Goodness gracious, hang tight to your Bibles. Um, spend time with your family. Get outside. Uh, can't touch grass here because everything's covered in filthy white snow. Um, but anyways, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I'm not a Bills fan per se, but um, I do like Josh Allen. So go Bills. It's playoffs. Have a wonderful weekend. And I will see you next time on The Next Generation. <laughs>